This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Good morning and welcome to another big episode of Jack and Payne uh, with me, Jack Reaver, and of course the Australian Test Cricket Captain, Tim Payne. Thanks to our friends, Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist. Payne, welcome to the show. Morning, Jack. How are you, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. Bit of somber weekend for you, mate. Uh, how are you feeling this week after yeah. the result on the weekend? A little bit flat, mate, if I'm totally honest. Um, went up there with, with grand expectations. I was actually driving up, picturing myself on the way home, thinking I'm going to book a flight to Brisbane. I'm going to go and watch the Bombers next week. And then the rain came in and, let's be honest, it just spoiled, it spoiled the day for me. But um, otherwise, a fantastic weekend for Tasmanian sports fans with two huge AFL finals. One great game, one, one OK. One great game if you're a Bulldogs fan. Many Bulldogs scarfs out the windows on the way back down through Campbelltown? No, I didn't spot too many, to be fair. And even at the ground, there weren't too many. There was one section um, right where I think at one stage Jake Stringer had a shot for goal and they were absolutely hosing him. But um, apart from that, it was a very pro-Essendon fan, as we expected it would be. Two sold-out finals, um, obviously with a smaller crowd capacity, mate. Big week. And it shows the AFL and the people watching at AFL House that certainly uh, Tasmania is a viable option for big games of footy, doesn't it? Yeah, I think certainly. I think we saw it as well earlier in the year, didn't we, when Hawthorne played Essendon to have two big clubs down in Tasmania for possibly the first time, I think it was, to have 15,000 there that day. Uh, and then again over the weekend to have two capacity, or, or granted there was only 10,000 allowed in, but to, to have both those games sold out in a matter of hours shows that if we get the quality content of AFL footy that we want down here, that people are certainly going to support it and um, I think it bodes well looking into the future. If we have our own team um, playing north or south of the state, I think it's going to get amazingly well supported. So it was. It was a fantastic weekend of footy. And the question on the uh, tip of everyone's tongue, mate, is uh, you, you flagged the stop in ba- uh, the, the bakery on the way up to uh, yep. the game. What, what did you order in the end? From And where did you go, actually? I, I ended up... When we got up there, it was very busy. Campbelltown, for a quiet Tasmanian country town, was absolutely pumping. We were trying to do the math, actually, when we left Campbelltown. We wonder what Campbelltown's banjos, what it, what it took over the whole weekend, because it was, it was lined up. People coming out the door to get this, the famous uh, party pies and sausage rolls, but I actually went for the uh, Cajun chicken focaccia um, and a uh, almond latte just oh. to get me through that last bit of the drive. I needed a bit of a pep up. So. Almond latte? The almond latte. I tried it once. I don't even know why I tried it, but um, ever since I have, I, I haven't looked back. Um, so it's become a, a constant for me, the almond latte. Oh, we've lost you, mate. We've lost you. Well, I don't know whether you caught this one, Payne, but um, our man uh, David Flash Lithgow actually caught himself a bit of a break on the weekend. and He did. 
was very lucky that he it. actually commentated both the finals for SEN Hobart. I think SEN Hobart's first AFL broadcast. Very exciting for our man Flash. Yeah, it was very exciting for, for David. He was uh, a kid in a candy store the day before when he got the call from Big Hutchie. He couldn't believe, I think, when his phone came up and it was Hutchie rigging him. So, um, yeah, it was huge for, huge for Flash, huge for SEN Hobart as well to broadcast live from the game. But um, what I've been really disappointed in, Jack, and I'm not sure if you have, is, is again, we've basically put Flash on the map here. We've opened he's, he's publicly stated before that his dream would be to call an AFL game live now, not only have we put him on the map to be able to do that, he made his debut in a final. It's Marlon Pickett-like kind of stuff in terms of his commentary. And I haven't had so much of a text message. I don't know if you have a present, a glass, of, a bottle of wine or some flowers, anything from Flash to say, hey, lads, thanks for helping me out, helping me achieve my dreams. But no, nah, he's just left us in his wake at the moment. Yeah, has, hasn't he? And no doubt he's been sending Hutchie messages left, right and centre. We, oh. we will ask him this a bit later on, but what do you reckon he saved Hutchie in his phone as is he a big hutch man or a craig hutchinson or boss or no i think he's gone on nickname already he's he's just hutchy we we, we will ask him one what he saved his uh his number in his phone as and also what he calls him now that they're best friends yeah well they they seem if you ask david we'll have to check this with hutchy at some stage maybe we can get him on our next episode to run it by him but flash tells me they've struck up a really close relationship straight away so uh, that'll be interesting going forward. He was in the... Uh, well, Craig Hutchison was uh, in Launceston on the weekend uh, and he actually is uh, is dating a, a Launceston girl. And Well, he's been very, pretty strong on Tasmanian football too, Hutchie, and he um, uh, was on Footy Classified during the week and had this to say. I've had a good look at Tasmanian football here on the weekend with both games and there's a plan here that works for everyone, all clubs, league and the Tasmanian government in the next year if everyone puts their minds together. This is what I would do, Lordo. 22 games in Tasmania starting next year. The way you can put this deal together is pretty simple. The AFL and the Tasmanian government do it together. The Tasmanian government gets 22 games and they pay for it. I think 15 to $20 million is about achievable in this deal. 11 and 11, 11 in Hobart and 11 in Launceston. And the same slot every week. Build a signature 4.30 twilight slot here in Tasmania after local football. Then the AFL can do the deal with the clubs. They can give four to Hawthorne in Launceston here and four to North Melbourne should they choose in Hobart. And the other 14 games, well, they really go to tender. Who needs them the most? Who's prepared to go? And the AFL's got that money that the Tasmanian government would give them to fish out to the 14 home games. And every club would give up you know, one or some clubs might give up two. And then what would happen in return is the Tasmanian government could establish its team, its club early. Football Tasmania, just call it for a moment. And that entity would have 22 matches of revenue. They'd have all the LED signage, they'd have all of the hospitality and the ticketing. They'd in essence get a revenue stream, albeit underpinned by the government, to get started on and get in the business of managing games while they wait for a team in the years to come. The AFL centralises the money. Hawthorne and North Melbourne don't need to worry about the sponsorship. And other clubs can share in Tasmanian footy and we can build some momentum here across the state through the course of its future. A little bit to digest there, Payne, but um, he's uh, well. He's, he's thrown it out there as an idea, and clearly it's been a, a big talking topic. Topic certainly on yep. this program and a lot of programs after the Colin Carter report was was released nearly a month ago. What are your initial thoughts on on Hutchie's idea? Initially, I must admit I like it. Um, there's there's some obvious positives. There's some obvious sticking points. I think I think the positives are um, the more games. 
in Hobart. There's no doubt about that. I think the chance for a Tasmanian team or club to establish themselves a little bit earlier uh, and, as he said, create their own revenue through signage, hospitality uh, and the fact that we can start to manage games, um, big AFL games, I think that's a real positive. Um, I think the fact that it's, you know, he spoke there a little bit about, about the cost being 15 to 20 mil, I think that's a bit of a stretch for the government at the moment. I think the current deal with North Melbourne and Hawthorne is around eight, eight million. So you're looking at doubling the investment. Um, I think that will, will hit some hurdles. Um, but again, I really like the fact that it can, the club can establish itself. It can set up its own revenue stream uh, and build into what's potentially its own team in 2026 or seven or whenever that is. You mentioned uh, big AFL games. <sighs> Is the worry here that we're going to continue to see the lesser drawing um, sides, so sides that yep. are predominantly interstate, non-Victorian sides, come down and play Hawthorne and play North Melbourne, where in the past there's maybe been a bit of a lacklustre pickup from from certainly the yep. people in Hobart. Launceston's been a, a still a really strong stomping ground for, for crowds, but Hobart people probably haven't come out to show their support enough in those type of games. Yeah, and, and again, I think that's, a, that's probably another worry. Um, the fact that the other 14 games that you're potentially giving to other clubs to incentivise other clubs, the big clubs don't need, don't need them, do they? They make enough revenue. Your Richmonds, your Essendons, your Collingwoods aren't going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll swap a game at 80,000 people at the MCG and we'll go down and play to Blunston in front of 15. So, um, yeah, again, the, the ability to get the big clubs here in the big games... That will be uh, probably another issue. But the actual guts of the plan I actually quite like. Um, but, yeah, I think there's going to be some sticking points around it. But I like where his head's at. I like he's, he's thinking outside the square a little bit and he's trying to get footy, AFL footy happening more down here in Tasmania. If you strip it back for mine as well, I quite like the fact that there's, uh, this is a bit of a business-savvy idea for mine. So the industry of AFL, let's say, the Richmond Football Club turns over well over $70 million. So it's a, it's a big, big company, um, as most of the Victorian and even the Western Australian Adelaide teams are very big companies in their um, local economies or in their state economies that actually gives um, a little bit of a teaser into people that are involved in Tasmanian football, what it does take to, to run an AFL team. Uh, take the football side away from things, the off-field side side uh, is, is extremely important and, and we're very lucky today Paney that we're actually going to have um, Adelaide's uh, recruiting, recruiting guru uh, sorry recruiting guru Hamish Ogilvy who's obviously been involved in Tasmanian football for a long time he's going to come in and we can actually probably pick his brain a little bit of that, about that and, and what it looks like because it's such a big yep. big job no, really looking forward to that, no doubt. I think, you know, again, in, in theory, everything sounds great. The AFL team, all the 22 games that Hutchie's put on on the radar potentially for next year or his idea. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to Haggis coming on later so we can get a little bit more in-depth into what, what goes into running an AFL club. As you said, they're huge businesses now. We've seen that here um, at Cricket Tasmania just with the Hurricanes, and you're going to have to times that by about 50 for an AFL club. So they're huge operations, a lot going into them, and can't wait to chat to Haggis about that later in the show. Yes, I'm really, really looking forward to that. And we have got a big show. We will give a shout-out to Peter Gutwin, who we know is a little bit ill at the moment. He was, of course, our first ever guest on the uh, Jack and Paney show. 
Um, so best wishes to Pete. We hope he gets better soon. He's been obviously really strong with his support for Tasmanian football as Premier, and we, we really do appreciate his support, and we wish him well. Uh, so here, here. I mentioned later in the show, Payne, we have been teasing this for a long, long time, and he's been very hard to get this man because he's been gallivanting around the country, uh, holidaying in the Whitsundays, um, but we have tracked him down, and that is, of course, the finisher, James Faulkner. He will be talking about... Um, well, the current predicament he finds himself in with uh, no contract with the Hurricanes, and uh, I think this might be the first time he's actually spoken about it. So, looking forward to asking him some questions. Uh, our we, first exclusive, Jack, too, our, I think, our, back in episode one. Our, fir- yeah, our first exclusive, uh, which uh, I think Flash might have brought us that one. I'm, I'm not Did sure you? who brought put that one up on the table, but we're looking to, looking forward to chatting to to James. Um, of course, we've already mentioned that. Recruiting guru and uh, Adelaide recruiter, Hamish Ogilvy, who's been involved in Tasmanian football for a long time um, and played football in Tassie as well, will join us for a chat. And, of course, we will check in on uh, SEN's number one caller. He's already uh, gone past, straight past Anthony Hudson. That, of course, is David Flash Lithgow. Well, this is Jack and Paney right here on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania... Search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Yeah, welcome back to Jack and Payne on SEN. Now, Jack has been a big announcement in AFL land, the biggest club in the land, potentially. I know you'll say it's Richmond, but (laughs) Collingwood have appointed head coach in Craig Fly McRae. He's a, a former assistant of yours at Richmond. Um, I think probably a surprise choice when, you, if you look back the last few weeks. But what do you? You've spent some time with him. You've played under him. What are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? Uh, yeah, no. Spent, well, I spent a lot of time with Fly actually. Um, he was the development coach when I first got to Richmond back in two thousand and seven, um, and uh, he then came back uh, sort of mid, I think two thousand and sixteen maybe, and became the VFL coach uh, for our um, obviously our VFL program, and then. Uh, 2020, he became the forward line coach, so he sort of stepped up and became the um, the forwards coach there. So he yeah, played a lot under him. Um, he's a very uh, very likable person. Um, he's very personable as well. Like he loves developing relationships. Uh, he's very skill based. Um, so he loves yep. loves kicking. He's actually the kicking coach. Or he was the kicking coach. I don't know whether he can keep it up now, but he was the beautiful kicking kick coach. in his own right too. He was a lovely little left foot kick, but he was the kicking coach of the Melbourne Storm for a while. Um, so you know, he's um, he's he's got a good feel on, on the game. I think he's coached yeah. his own side, but I mean it is a big, big beast to coach a, a side like cool. Collingwood. But he's um, plied his trade at three AFL clubs now, uh, yeah. four AFL clubs, sorry, because he was at Collingwood previously. Um, he actually was the guy that was tasked in terms uh, to sorry to teach uh, Mason Cox how to kick. So it's not a bad oh. shot on goal, Mason Cox, but. Uh, no, he's been he's seen it seen all all of it. He's played in obviously in successful sides in Brisbane. Uh, he's seen obviously success at, at Richmond as well. So um, he's a, a good selection for for Collingwood, I think. And um, best of luck to him as well. He's a he's a very very good person. Yeah, he certainly put together a great resume over the last few years. There's no doubt about that. Now, someone who's tipped to join him in a role at Collingwood again. He's another assistant coach of yours, former coach of the Brisbane Lions, Justin Leppage. What are you hearing there? Is there any whispers around Richmond of what his role might look like? <laughs> well, he's been pretty or good. Or have you spoken to him? I haven't spoken to Lepper. Uh, we'll no. certainly haven't spoken to him about this. He's been in doing some uh, 
So media for uh, for Seven and I think uh, SEN as well over here in yep. Melbourne. Uh, on the Magnets, I listen to him most weeks. On the Magnets, yeah. He also does some uh, property stuff down in the Mornington Peninsula, which is where he lives. Um, yeah. I, d- I think, look, I don't know where he ends up, if, if he ends up at Collingwood. He's sort of been handcuffed to, to, to Craig McRae due to the fact that they've coached together and, of course, played together as well. But I think Leper always wanted to, to move into possibly more of the list management type of um, uh, part of, a, of an AFL club, which, I mean, has been freed up since Troy Selwood's left Collingwood. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Leper's head popped up there. If he wanted to get back involved in... In AFL footy, sometimes people leave uh, AFL footy painy and they leave for good because they know it's a lot of hard work. Um, yep. But he's a he's a great brain, and and I think he'd be a great addition to to any team that was lucky to get him. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I've listened to him a few times, and it makes me realise how little I know about <laughs> football every time I hear him speak about the game. So he, he'll be a great get wherever he ends up. Now. Some good news for Richmond is Barmy staying, Neil Barm staying put. He had some interest from the Adelaide yep. Crows, I believe. He, he may have even been going. Was there some contractual I've stuff got, that's ended up I've, keeping him there? I've or? got no idea. I think he's through and through Barmy. He's, uh, no, he's involved in the club because uh, he actually presents the jumpers or gives the lead-in talk for the for the first-game jumper. So I couldn't see him leaving. But uh, no, it's, uh, I think Sammy Edmund reported that and blatantly got it wrong. So uh, there's one right, of, the, one of the good guys. We're staying, uh, staying on... Uh, Neil Barmer, very, very uh, important piece to our uh, our history of our football club and our, our current team as well. Yeah, he certainly is. Now, probably undoubtedly the biggest news this week has been the Toby Green umpire contact. Um, he's, he's been handed a three-week suspension. Uh, firstly, I suppose, what are your thoughts on, on the act and the action itself, how it looks for the game? And then secondly, the three weeks, is it too much? Is it not enough? Where does Jack Rewalt sit on that? Yeah, it's a bad look. It just it just didn't look great. Even the camera angle, and, and I know that their people came out and sort of tried to defend him a little bit and saying there wasn't contract, and, and then sort of 24 hours later, we got the second line of footage which shows that there was clear contact between Toby and the umpire, and I, I think three weeks might be slightly too light for mine. And, and now, obviously, that's been appealed by the AFL, and will be dealt with post the season as both parties have, have agreed to. So he will certainly miss three weeks, but it's just really disappointing for the fact that, I mean, uh, it's not a great look, but I mean, every single person, probably bar the Geelong supporters out there, want to see Toby <laughs> Green playing this week because he's absolutely yeah. in the top five players in the competition and just impacts games in so many ways. But fortunately, he finds himself on the, uh, on the, on the end of a, uh, another suspension in finals. Yeah, his box office, it's sad he won't be playing, but I've got to agree with you there. It's a bad look for the game, and I think he might have got off lightly with just the three. Now, Carlton, the gift that keeps on giving the Blues, they've had another mess this week. It seems that Rossi Lyon has now pulled out of the running, didn't want to go through the process. It, it's just an absolute circus there at Carlton. Yeah, well, I, th- I think if you were reading the tea leaves, you thought Rossi Lyon was a sure thing to go to Carlton, and then obviously now he's yep. not playing there. Penny, you, you probably can go a little bit harder on on me we have gone a little bit harder on Carlton than I have what are your thoughts on this one well it it is a mess again they seem to have changed the goalposts on Ross so but again I don't think Ross has covered himself in glory in the last two weeks and I love Rossi Lyon I was a Fitzroy fan as a kid I had a number 29 jumper at one stage for Rossi Lyon but yeah I think the last couple of weeks haven't played out I I don't think he's done it on purpose but it hasn't played out favourably for him it doesn't look great for him uh, but again, I think for Colton, they seem to be all over the place. No one seems to know what's going on. They've now put a panel together, which they didn't have three weeks ago. 
as I said, it's a gift that keeps on giving, and I think there's going to be more that more that will come out, and more that will keep coming in the weeks to come. Stay tuned, stay tuned. Well, fourth test got underway last night, Payne. Uh, I'm not worried about the cricket at the moment over there. They're obviously playing, uh, no. playing, but uh, there's up to ten players, English players. These are that have threatened not to come out for the Ashes squad if they yeah. don't get some answers around the quarantining here required in Australia. Yep. What's uh, what's your take on this? The is is it an early mental win that the fact that we've oh absolutely it's hard quarantine surely they come absolutely. in they cannot leave a hotel room surely, but that but that's part of it that's what you've got to do these days and I, that's what I don't get our guys are doing it um, you know to hear that there's up to ten players I haven't heard any of any them names out any names well Josh Butler's was one that was attached to the article wasn't it so uh, but again it's I, I find it fascinating cricketers players are here to play cricket let's just wait and see what happens it's so far away to be making these calls and comments that they won't be coming or they're going to pull out or, or even threatening there's there's two governments working together there's two cricket boards working together let them do their jobs and when they've got the information guess who'll be the first told the, the players on both teams <laughs> the players on so, yeah or yeah or it'll be leaked to the media but um, banter, listen you'll get the information when you need it banter do we do this surely this comes up it's the stump mics this is stump mic gold isn't Absolutely. it it's just like oh do you really want to be here or yeah what's your go-to and, and line? i find it yeah for for an ashes as i've said to you before an ashes series for an australian cricketer is like a final series for an afl footballer so for, for you to say oh, i'm going to play most of the season and then because i have to do two weeks quarantine i'm not going to play in the finals I'm not going to have a crack at winning a premiership medal or an Ashes urn. I, I find staggering. I know people are all slightly different. We've all got different circumstances, but my wife would hate me saying this, but I would quarantine for a year a to year? play in an Ashes series. <laughs> all righty That's how much I want to play. Well, well, well. On the back of that bombshell, <laughs> it is time to get some more news headlines. This is Jack and Painey on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist. Well, Payne, we're here. Been teasing this man for a long, long time. He's got hold of him. Hard, hard, hard to track down. Um, Very elusive. On the pitch, this man, um, but also very elusive off it. And that, of course, is James Faulkner, the finisher. James, welcome to Jack and Painey. How are you, mate? No, I'm good. Thanks for having me, boys. What's uh, what's kept you away, mate? We, we wanted to get you on the show last week, but we uh, we couldn't track you down. What have you been up to? Uh, I had a week in Early Beach. That sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? <laughs> nah, shocking, And then mate. a week on Hamilton Island. <laughs> yeah, I'm in lockdown, so... Uh, that certainly sounds like uh, a lot of things Victorians would like to be doing, mate. But uh, well, you're, you're away at the moment. Um, can you? It's been the, the question on, on everyone's lips, and we sort of tipped the fans into it or the listeners into it early days in the in the program. Is that um, where are things at the Hurricanes at the moment? You you you're obviously not on board this year, which is disappointing. But what's uh, what's the wash there? Yeah, I'm obviously not on board, and probably that's the best word to describe it. Um, it is very disappointing. I wanted to be a part of the Hurricanes and and represent Tasmania like I have for my whole career. And um, yeah, I'm just shattered how it's all played out. So, yes, Jimmy, no doubt, mate. There's some upset fans as well, Jack. I know that, but um, mate, do you want to talk us through exactly what has transpired? What what's happened with the breakdown in your contract negotiations? Um, yeah, I suppose I came back from. Um, the Melbourne Stars um, where I started 
came back to the Hurricanes to, to finish my career, uh, represent Tasmania and um, signed a three-year deal on that run out, which um, that's fine. That's their decision to let it run out. Um, and then I suppose they let it let it sort of sit for four or five months and then they, they brought an initial offer to, to my manager, um, which I think it probably took him two or three weeks to bring it to me. It was, <laughs> Is that how scared he was? It was, or? Uh, it was yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Um, Were they his words? Yeah, he, yeah, he was embarrassed to bring it. But um, yeah, look, uh, uh, I found that pretty hard to take when I first when I first heard it on the phone. Um, I found it pretty disrespectful for um, what I've sort of given a Tasmanian cricket. I've put my heart and soul into it, and to um, to hear the hear the initial offer, and that's what it all comes down to. Um, yeah, it sort of cut pretty deep. Why exactly did that? Did it cut you so deep? The fact that. Yeah, I think I think the Hurricanes have gone on record and said they wanted you to play and they wanted you to be a part of it. Was that something you think after that first offer you felt wasn't the case? Yeah, that's it. I think it's all um, okay for them to say they want me, um, but when they offered what they did, it was pretty clear from day one. Looking at it back, looking at it now, it was very clear they didn't want me. Um, it was sort of a bit washed over. Um, they didn't really move. I went overseas. I played. Um, they just left me in the background, really. After promising me that they were going to sort it out, they actually called me in before I went to the Pakistan Super League to apologise, um, and it still never got sorted out. So, um, yeah, as I just said, it was pretty clear that, clear they didn't want me. I wanted to be a part of the Hurricanes and um, represent Tasmania here at Blunston and um, play a couple more seasons, but um, disappointingly, it's it's not the case, and um, yeah. It's not great. Is there, was there any movement, James? So contract negotiations, and, and I've played it out, obviously, at AFL level. They always start somewhere, and then someone has a view on what they're worth, and generally it sort of <coughs> marries up in the middle somewhere unless you sort of hold out. Was there much movement, or was it sort of, here's what we've got? And then, there, obviously, the promise of, of, of them maybe coming back to you when you were said you're about to head away. Was there any pushback from them to maybe come up to, to a number that you felt was, uh, was worthy? Yeah, look, they, they did offer a couple of times. That was correct. They offered, I think they came out and stated that they offered two or three times, which which they did. Um, but like I said, it was the initial offer, um, not feeling wanted. And then obviously knowing, I know what I'm worth. I've, I've signed enough contracts for different teams around the world. I wasn't, I didn't want more. I didn't. I just wanted um, what was what was fair and what I was worth, even maybe a little bit less. But um, yeah, it, it just comes back to that first offer. Um, I didn't feel respected as a player or. As a person or a Tasmanian athlete, was there um, was there any like reason that they told you that they didn't offer you, or, or let's say a substandard contract? Was there any parameters around why that that number was was so low, and and as you said, made you feel disrespected, or was it just here's the number and and sort of live with it? Yeah, there definitely was. They just used injury um, the whole time against against me, really, um, and they're still using it against me. Um, which is quite disappointing because um, throughout my career, obviously every athlete plays in injuries, but um, probably the last one, um, last season, I had an eight-week hamstring I did at the Gover and um, I tried to come back in three and, a half, three and a half weeks and put my body on the line to come back so we had a shot at making finals and we, we weren't really, we're sort of in the mix at that stage, um, which I'm happy to do and I've, I'll always do that. Um, but for the coach to use that against me, I, I felt was wrong um, because it ended up, um, costing obviously myself when it came to other tournaments down the track I had to go back to scratch and start the rehab again um, 
but yeah, like, like I just said, I just think it was wrong. If I go back to it, yeah, to use that against me, people don't really know the full story, but that really that cut me deep when I heard that on the on the news the other night. Yeah, Jack, I'm just going to roll through a couple of stats for you on Jimmy for the Hurricanes before I ask him another couple decent, of questions. Decent list, I would have he's, thought. He's played 25 games for the Hobart Hurricanes, taken 36 wickets at an economy of eight, which is the highest, best-ranked bowler, economy rate-wise. He strikes every 14 balls, which is the number one ranked Hurricane bowler from strike rate point of view. And he averages 19, which is also the number one ranked Hurricanes bowler in those 25 games he's played. He's the eighth all-time wicket-taker in the BBL and the third overall for the Hobart Hurricanes in just 25 games. So unbelievable record and, and I'm still amazed that he's been let let slip, to be honest. But um, Jimmy, it was a press conference during the week, obviously Griffo um, did... And in that, he, this two-part question, he touched on the fact that there was talks around your contract even being extended beyond next year, so talks around a multi-year contract being tabled to you. Uh, is there truth in that? That's, that's the first part of the question. And then from that, has there been other offers from BBL clubs um, in the last few months? Yeah, that's not true. Um, not we, true? We never ever spoke um, anything other than one year. Um, so that's not true. And I don't right. like to call someone. Scratch that then, words. Jack. But um, okay, yep, off the record, single year deal. Yep. Yeah. What was the other part there? <laughs> and since then, what are you? Have you had other BBL offers um, since that? You've sort of announced that you won't be signing with the Hurricanes. Um, I've had teams make contact, but the the issue that we have is the fact that there was an embargo period with Cricket Australia, and uh, obviously you can't speak throughout that. And because the contract negotiation went on for so long. Um, Teams obviously want to want to sign their lists, so um, yeah, I, I was sort of left stranded six months down the line. Um, and so, that, so other lists were full. Yeah, other, yeah, other lists were full, yeah. um, and that's that's the big thing that hurts. So I made it clear they made it clear they wanted me, but obviously they didn't want me. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, I wouldn't have wanted to play for any other franchise anyway. I, the whole reason I came I came to the Hurricanes was to finish here and play in front of my family and friends and and play with with some of my best teammates um, that I have great memories with. Um, and for that not to happen, it's it's bloody disappointing. Yep. Uh, James, is it, obviously the Hurricanes are their own franchise and um, they, they have a really strong relationship with Cricket Tasmania because a lot of people get part out in terms of when the when the season rolls around. The regular uh, four-day cricket and one-day cricket stops. Where, where's the relationship at with Cricket Australia as well now? Because you've been known as a T20 player now for a long time and still only 31 years of age. Is is it as frosty now with Cricket Tasmania or is there still a, a an olive branch there that you could play the other two formats for, for the team, for the state, sorry? Yeah, look, purely I've been concentrating on white ball cricket the last probably three or four seasons. Um Obviously had a bit of a setback in 2013, which is eight years ago with Mundine, and since then I've been able to manage it. But four-day cricket's never been on the radar for a long time now. It's purely just the white white ball format, and um, like I said, I wanted to continue to play play white ball cricket for for the Hurricanes. Um, but now, look, I'm going to be yeah, I'll be playing overseas in in, in various other tournaments. And what, and what sort of um, leagues are we talking about there? So you say you, you obviously not involved in BBL due to the embargo period and haven't been able to get on a list, so that's all dried up. You've just come back from the Pakistan League and played really well over there in a in an eight game period there and and led the wicket taking. Is that where we can see the future now for for James Faulkner playing overseas and and doing the T20 circuit and other short formats of cricket? 
Yeah, look, um, unfortunately, that's where it, that's where it's got to go. There's no other way for uh, for me to continue to be playing. Um, I'll be yeah, I'll be playing in the in the Pakistan Super League again, and, and playing in the T10s in Abu Dhabi, and then hopefully Sri Lanka as well, um, and whatever else pops up. But um, hope you like the heat. It was pretty hot where I, when I was just there, so yeah, no, it's good fun. Um, yeah, you know, so back, a little bit back to Jack's question before, which didn't quite answer your relationship now with Cricket Tasmania. How, how's that sitting? You, will, you, will we see you around? Are you coming over to use the facilities like you have in the past to get have ready they for got rid of your fob yet? Yeah, no, he's got his fob because he's still walked got his in the doorway today. Yeah, so yeah, where's where's that at? Where's the relationship at with Cricket Tasmania? Um, it's a, it's a, I've never had an issue with with Cricket Tasmania or the the board, um, the players, um, the supporters. I've always, yeah, I've, I've loved every part of, of being a Tasmanian cricketer. And, um, yeah, look, I've been here since I was in nappies. My old man was playing, and he was obviously chairman of selectors for Tasmania as well. But yeah, dropped me a few times, big flossy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> um, but yeah, look. I'm not going to beat around it. Through this negotiation with certain people, there's been a breakdown in, in the relationship, and um, I thought it was a it was a strong relationship, but um, it's pretty pretty clear where it's at. Um, and like I said, I'm just disappointed because I want to I want to represent Tasmania like I have, yeah, since I was 17. Yeah, absolutely. So, you, would you look forward in the, in the future? Can you see yourself playing for the Hurricanes again? Um. Look, never say never. I love, I love. That's the hardest thing. I love the blokes I play with. I, I love walking down the streets in Hobart um, with the young fans during BBL time, stopping and saying g'day. Um, I suppose that's that's why you, you play the game when you st- well, when you start because you fall in love with it. And um, I suppose my role now is to give back to the game as well as much as I can to try and create it and inspire the next generation coming forward. But um, look, never say never. Um, what would it take? Certain things will what, need what, to change. What would it take? So, what would it take for for pe- people to leave, um, for a whole culture shift, for the whole joint to be cleaned out? What What would it take for you to come come back and obviously play for for the team that you're most passionate about and, and your home state's team in the in the BBL? Oh, look, I think um, after saying that, I've got no issue with the board and um, the players um, and the supporters. I think you can probably read between the lines there, there, Jack. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell the truth. But I think when you watch the news and you and you see, well, I thought one of my mates, as well as a head coach, say that the bowling group and the, and the team have performed really well without me. Um, first of all, and then secondly, saying we need to move on, and that he didn't really care. Um, that that cuts as deep. That's like sticking a knife straight straight in my back. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's yeah, it's not called for. So James, the, the relationship with um, with Adam Griffith, the coach, certainly is nowhere near should it be. Is there is there a reason f- for that? Is there is anything I mean stands out that makes you? I mean, obviously, clearly you're hurting. Is there is there something you could point your finger to? Um, I suppose when I when he first came down as head coach, um, cricket Tasmania were battling away a little bit, and um, I actually came off a cricket Australia contract at the time. Um, and I didn't take a state contract, and it got reported that I'd actually been dropped off the state contract list, which I hadn't. I actually didn't take one so that it could free up a list on the on the for the Tigers so that they could recruit either a younger player or a senior player to, to top up their list. Um, so I think for all of that, I tried to help him out as much as I, much as I could for for that to happen. Um, 
I've been as loyal as I possibly can for for the Tigers and for the Hurricanes. But um, yeah, I feel like it's it's a very short memory. No, I don't know. Obviously, Jack, I'm I'm good mates with Jimmy, and I've I've discussed this with him at length um, before, and I, I've I haven't seen him as upset as as he is and has been in the last couple of weeks. So it's uh, it's been a tough time for him, um, a rough time for for cricket Tasmania not to have him there. But um, yeah, it's, I can tell that um, you know how how much it has hurt you and how disappointed you are not to be involved in the in the Hurricanes. Back to where, where you're going to go to now. So obviously there's, there's some really lucrative leagues all over the world. How sustainable is it, mate? You're 31 years of age. Um, you've got a business in, in Tassie, one of the best pubs in Hobart. How sustainable is it to, to travel the world and, and, and play cricket? Have you got another two, three, four years in here? Or can you, can you see this as a long-term thing? Because at 31 years of age, and like you said, you've had knee troubles, but you've been able to manage them. You, you could play for for a longer than that period of time. So, do you see yourself on the on the tour for for how many years? And and do you do you want to do that as well? Yeah, look, I didn't want to do it. Um, I was I feel like I was for, I'm forced into doing it. I wanted to I wanted to play big bash like I, like I said, and then any other leagues around that. That was my number one priority, and that's why I, I've done what I've done when it comes to with my body trying to come back early and trying to maximise as much output as I can for, for the team and, and for my teammates. But, um, yeah, look, I'm just going to take it 12 months at a time and um, keep assessing it. Like I, like you said, I'm, I'm 31. I'm probably people think I'm a little bit older because I started so young, but um, I still think I've got two or three years of playing left. But I'm, at the same time saying that, I'm only going to... I'm only going to play if I'm enjoying it and if I'm performing. I don't want to finish my career not performing well and um, having an impact um, in certain teams. Yeah, just one last one, I think, before we let you go. On the Big Bash itself, do you think that the BBL, BBL needs to do something to be more lucrative or you know pay more money, whatever it is, to make sure that we're retaining not only our best Australian players but being able to um, to get the best overseas players available and make the Big Bash grow? Is it a, is it a money thing? Is it the tournament's too big? What are the players saying at the moment? Or um, tournament too long, sorry? Well, I'm off contract. Am I allowed to say what I want now? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take aim. <laughs> um... I feel the tournament's too long. I felt like that for the last couple of couple of seasons. I think you want to you want to shorten that definitely. Is, so it, that is it too long because you have too big a break between games, or can we can we squeeze the same amount of games, fourteen, but just condense it? Or are you talking less games? Um, probably less games. Yeah. But I think you want fans, cricket fans, and sports fans to to see cricket on display and high quality cricket and want more. Yep. You don't want the dragging on when they just see it night in, night out. Um, and it's flooded. Um, I think that's definitely one thing that can happen. And I think the other thing that can happen, um, not saying that they can use this as an excuse because obviously they didn't want me, but I think the embargo period needs to needs to be straightened up a bit. Go. Um, maybe two weeks either side, but you want you want to open it up. You, you want the best players available and you want teams sourcing players. You don't want teams all of a sudden panicking and locking players in. Yeah. Um, and the same team winning over and over again. You want to you want to make the competition as strong as you can, so that fans fans are asking the question: Who do you who do you think's favourite this year? Um, instead of there being two or three teams. Yeah. <clears throat> well, James, uh, we really do appreciate you coming on the radio show. We know it's tough times. Cause clearly, you're a very very proud Tasmanian. You've got a great uh, connection to Tasmanian cr- cricket, sorry, and a long history with Tasmanian cricket. And the people of Hobart. Well, they're going to be poorer because we're not going to be able to see you uh, on the screens and live playing for the Hurricanes and still made it only 31. Plenty of cricket left in front of you. The one thing I'm certainly going to miss are those blue bowling shoes and the ability to take, <laughs> take poles 
early on for the Hurricanes, but James, thanks for joining yeah. us on uh, Jack and Paney. Thanks, mate. Any time, and um, feel free to drop in the shippies when you're back in the app lot. Perfect, mate. Well, I'm looking oh, forward to hopefully getting back soon. No, 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 beers, <laughs> no beers for you, Payne. You have to pay for everything in there, Jack. You have to pay for everything. Well, this is Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart. More to come up shortly. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Paney on SEN. And of course, well, we've just had well, a very, very sort of explosive and interesting interview with James Faulkner. Hurricane's great and, and arguably probably the best T20 player for a long time there. So we've got our Tasmanian, uh, well, our resident Tasmanian guru on, of all things sport, David Flash Lithgow in early. Flash, welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? Just making inroads five minutes at a time here, boys, which is the most important <laughs> facet of all of this. Good yeah. to see you, Jack. How's very things? Good. Very good, mate. Well, you've caught, you caught the back end of that interview there, and we will delve, delve a little bit deeper with some other sporting topics with you later on in the program. But, mate, what, would you, what was the wash-up there? What did you make of James Faulkner? It was obviously, uh, well, it's sort of, uh, well, there was things there that said that I uh, didn't think we were going to hear. Well, he's certainly very disappointed. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not... Great fun to see, is it really? It's he's an icon of the the game in Tassie, and um, clearly from day one, that's the issue, Jack. Really, isn't it? That they just weren't seen eye to eye from the get go, and things have clearly manifested from there, snowballed as they often can, and to the stage where um, yeah, James is not thrilled, Tim, at all. And and look, and you can see genuine um, angst from his perspective. So. Just very disappointing. Um, it, look, you've always got to be very mindful of these things. You're certainly not privy to the conversations, Jack, aren't we? That's the bottom line. So it's. We nearly were. It's, it, well, <laughs> absolutely. Could so, have, I reckon we could have got it out of him, the offer. <laughs> but look, it's. He, I have enormous respect for Jim's career. Um, I, if you want to do a quick snapshot of it, I still maintain to the day, Jack, as we've talked about this, that he should have played more Test cricket and. He's a World Cup man of the match champion. Um, Mitch Marsh cost him a few games for Australia, I reckon, if you look back at history. That's another conversation altogether. But just disappointing that they haven't been able to work that out because he's such a loved figure um, around the around the setup, and it's not going to happen. Paney, what were your thoughts on it? You obviously have played a lot of cricket with him. You're very good friends yeah. with him. It's, it's a, is it a tough spot to see you made in? Yeah, it is, absolutely. I, I know... Jimmy, I've known Jimmy a long time and I know how much he wanted to play for the Hurricanes and, and if his body would allow him to, still play for Tasmania. So I, I will say I'm glad we didn't get him on earlier because it's still clearly very, very raw with him. Um, yeah, he's, he's passionate about his cricket. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was in the end, like you, you love your athletes coming on and being as honest um, as he was. That's obviously James' side of the story. There's obviously another side of the story here as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, but... Um, yeah, I think in the end, it's just sad for both parties. It's sad for James. 
Um, it's sad for Cricket Tasmania, the Hurricanes, that one of our, our best players and a guy that was still performing well when he was on the park uh, won't be seen in Hurricanes for this season and perhaps ever again. Correct, Payne. No winners out of this one. Uh, only losers, of course. Uh, James Faulkner, one of the great players of the Hurricanes. One of the players that the kids love to go along, along and watch. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to another big hour of Jack and Payne with me, Jack Revolt, and of course, Australian Test Cricket Captain Tim Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist, Flash Lethko, is in with us. But we are joined by a very, very important figure in Tasmanian football. He was a very important figure in Tasmanian football. Still is. Still is. Uh, He is the recruiter, the national recruiter for the Adelaide Football Club. That is, of course, Hamish Haggis Ogilvie. Haggis, welcome to the program. How are you, mate? Morning, Jack. Morning, Tim. Mate, uh, well, we've uh, let's delve back into a little bit of history. You've obviously got history with both of us, but um, do you want to take us back to to where your journey started with, uh, with Tasmanian football? Well, I actually coached both of you. It was a lot of years apart. I was trying to remember Tim in the Southern Schoolboys um, footy. I think we had to get special permission from the teachers to play him as a grade four in the grade six team. And Jack, you're not going to like it, but he actually was really good. I've got a memory of him and Ian Callanan running around kicking goals with kids that were three or four years older than him. So he was pretty good, Tim, and I tried to get him to play Mariners when I coached the Mariners, but uh, he took the easy option and went to cricket. So. Became a runner. Yeah. He became a runner. That's what happened. Yeah. He became a, Didn't a, quite have the a part-time the cricketer and a full-time really. runner. <laughs> and, of course, uh, I got to coach you for a few years, Jack, and that's why I've got no hair anymore. <laughs> he actually lived down the street from me as well. He played a bit of footy at the Clarence Football Club, but uh, you obviously made it, made it up very nice. How long have you been at Adelaide for now as the national, national recruiting manager? Well, I left Tassie in uh, the end of 2006, so I started the 2006 draft at the Crows, which was my first draft, so I've been there since then, yeah, a long time. Yeah, Haggis, so how did that all start for you, mate? Obviously, you had a bit of time with the Mariners, um, Tassie Devils, but how did you end up going into the list management, talent ID? How did that all start out for you? Well, fortunately for me, Tim, I had the choice to go to Port Adelaide as a development coach or the Crows in recruiting, and when those two are... Uh, fighting against each other, and you're in a pretty good negotiating position. So I'd been I'd been rolling balls uh, at six in the morning to players for a while, and I thought I'd better take the security of recruiting. So I went to the Crows with uh, my then mentor Alan Stewart, who'd helped me with my coaching, and he was at the Crows then. So it was a pretty easy choice, and probably a little bit more secure than coaching. Haggis, Flash, how are you going? Good to hear your voice, mate. Hello, Flash. You too, mate. You came to, when you got to the Crows, of course, it was a very successful period, 05, 06, etc. People probably forgotten because the ultimate success, I guess, evaded the Crows. But in those couple of years, I guess if you call them the Swans West Coast years, um, they were very strong and probably were flag faves at certain stage, I guess, even coming up right up to the end of finals in 06, weren't they? So... They weren't far away and had a reasonable list that were playing decent footy when you got there. Yeah, we, I, when I came in, we were sort of in the transition period of Goodwin and McLeod and Rashudo starting to finish up, and of course Dangerfield, some of these younger guys coming in. So 
Um, and Neil Craig was a fantastic coach, and he was brilliant to work with and ahead of his time. But unfortunately, we didn't quite get to the line. And so we, we had a period of su- sustained success. We didn't really ever go down to the bottom um, and have to you know, rebuild through the draft as we are now. We, we were able to stay up for a long time, often not out of the finals. So it, it was a great time to be there. I enjoyed working with Matty Randell, with Neil, and then obviously uh, we've had a few coaches uh, since then, um, love working with Pikey, and we we nearly got there, but unfortunately, some big blonde bloke from Tasmania put us away in the for- first quarter, and we didn't really recover. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a, a pretty good year, 2017. Haggis, a couple of kids that you've been involved in from our, with Adelaide that also are Tasmanians. I want to talk about is the first one's Hugh Greenwell. Can you run us through how that, that all eventuated? How you plucked him sort of out of obscurity? Really, he went to play college basketball and. How do you how do you keep someone on the radar that is is in a different country playing a completely different sport? Uh, it's, a, it's a great story and it was great fun. I, I had Huey as a twelve year old when we went out of the TAC Cup then um, and had the Footy Academy. Huey was sort of in our first intake. It was Huey Greenwood, Tom Collier, um, I reckon Josh Green, and they, they were like twelve year olds. So we we had them in. So I had Huey through until he was sixteen, and we we tried to get him into the AFL Academy as a 16, 17-year-old a year early because we knew the threat of basketball was coming. But unfortunately, he was a bit too good at basketball and he went. So I stayed in contact with him basically all the way through and I had told his mum and dad and Hugh that one day we would try and get him back to footy. So when I went to the Crows, basically every year, three or four times a year, I checked in with him. And as we got close to the end of his college career, and it probably looked like he wasn't going to make the NBA, even though he did um, he did a camp and some training with the Utah Jazz, so he was pretty close and he was a dominant college basketball baller and, and captain. Um, we Nobs and I had gone to America a couple of times to see him. We'd stayed in contact and um, basically in the end we'd given up. We, he'd signed with the Perth Wildcats and we thought we'd missed the boat and then all of a sudden out of the blue the phone rang and he said, I'm thinking of coming back to footy and I want to meet with you. So I jumped on the plane, flew to Perth and he said, I want to come back. So we worked through that and had to work through his exit from the Wildcats and um, got him into the Crows and the, and the rest is history. He's going to have a probably a 150-game career. So we're thrilled with what he did at Adelaide and it's a credit to him. He's been fantastic for Gold Coast as well. And okay, he's certainly having a very good career, very good uh, inside mid and tackling mid. Chase Jones as well, he's currently on the list for Adelaide. Where, where's his uh, season and career sitting at at the moment now? Yeah, it's a, it's, I think it's a great discussion point for us and, a, and it's, a, it's a good case in point for a lad like Chase who got... To play a bit as a 17-year-old, but he broke his ankle badly playing for Tassie. Missed a bit of his 17th year for Tassie and Launceston, but was able to come back in his 18th year. He played for Tassie in the NAB League, then he played for the Allies, and then he topped it off with a few finals for Launceston. One in particular I can remember at Bell Reeve. I watched him play that day, and he got tagged and had about 35 touches and did really well. That was probably about the point we knew we were going to pick him. And I guess given what the boys are confronting at the moment with the you know, not able to play and the Tassie boys can't get to Victoria to play in the NAB League and the NAB League boys haven't been able to play much at all. Chase's sort of 18th year is almost the perfect setup. You know, some footy for Tassie in the NAB League, then get to play for the Allies and finish off with some senior TSL footy, which is, that's, that's a good mix. I reckon that's pretty close to a perfect mix. But unfortunately, the boys at the moment have had hardly any NAB League and, you know, they've played TSL footy um, for the whole season, which is good in a way they get to play against men, but unfortunately it's not quite to the level that some of the other lads um, get to play. If you look at an Ollie Davis, who's actually at the Crows playing with our sample team now, he's had a whole year of state league footy 
as a 19-year-old, which is whether he gets drafted or he doesn't, who knows, but it's a good prep. So, And some of the Victorian boys have played nine games in two years, you know, ten games in two years. So it's a tough preparation for the kids and we really feel for them and it's not ideal for us to try and assess the talent thoroughly. Yeah, Haggis, just on your role now at the Crows, can you give our listeners a bit of a, a detailed, I suppose, description of, of what it actually entails and, and the sort of day-to-day things or, um, yeah, what, what does a day for, for Hamish Ogilvie look like at the Adelaide Crows? One of your busy periods of the year, obviously, around the draft, but um, you obviously watch a hell of a lot of footy. Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot, Tim. Um, Post-COVID, we went from seven full-time in recruiting to sort of three and a half at the moment probably around 150 games uh, a year live. Um, and, you know, the last two years, I might have seen 20, 25 games live tops. Um, a lot of Saturdays watching vision and live streams from all around the country, which is not ideal and it's starting to become a bit frustrating. You know, we can't get out of Melbourne. I've got the guys from Adelaide this weekend have gone to Perth to watch some footy over there. And we have been able to see the West Australians and South Australians play off the screen and with some live games, but... Um, a lot of too, way too much screen time at the moment, but we're just probably coming into our busy our busy time now with exit interviews for our players done, working out how many list spots we're going to have and um, how many picks we might have in the draft. We'll probably go with about three, which is probably a bit of a blessing given the COVID interruptions that we may not have to go too deep in the draft. I mean, people always need to understand it's like, why didn't this bloke get picked and how did they miss this bloke? It's not that we missed them or we didn't want to pick them, but Sometimes you only have two or three list spots to fill in a draft. So um, too much time in, in front of the TV at the moment, Tim, but, um, and not as many staff to manage. Hopefully we can get back to um, you know, five, six full-time staff and cover Australia like we used to. Yeah. Uh, now, as someone who obviously watches it very, very closely, how have you seen Tassie footy, the, de- the development um, level, I suppose, in the last recent years as opposed to when you started in the role? What's, what's changed? Um, obviously, we haven't had the draftees we would like. Um, is it a pathway issue, talent issue, both? Um, I think it was a great step forward two years ago for the boys to come back into the NAB League full-time, but unfortunately, they didn't get to play full-time. So that, that's a step forward. Um, you, you'll always have some good years where you get six drafted. You know, we had some years back in Jack's time when we would get six drafted or four or five. Um, the numbers appear to have dropped. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a pyramid thing. There's not as many kids playing. Um, you know, the TSL's not quite as strong as what it was. But I think the thing that we had back then was the Devils. You know, it was a brilliant lead-in for the boys to go from Mariners into the Devils, play some VFL footy in their draft year. That helped That helped a lot of boys um, get drafted or, or become great state league players. I go back and think of Mitch Robinson, uh, sorry, um, Brett Robinson who played 130, 140 waffle games. Tim Gapen played 130 waffle games, kicked 300 goals. You know, it was a good preparation for those guys to go on and be really good state league players even if they weren't, uh, didn't quite get drafted. That appeared to me to be a great pathway. I mean, Jack can comment on it because he was in it, he lived it, um, which unfortunately you don't have at the moment. So, I think if you could get back to something like that, that's certainly going to help um, get more boys drafted. Um, we, you know, we're very fortunate. We had the you know really good cause of Tasmanian players back in those teams, and then we were able to get the Jordan Dorings and Trent Bartlett back home and some ex-AFL and BFL players in to top up the team because I think it showed in the first couple of years of the Devils that you couldn't just do it with the Tasmanian boys. You need a little bit of help. And 
the, the state league was a, a fair bit stronger in the early 2000s than, than what it is now. So to me, that looks like the perfect build-up. And who knows, that might help to lead into a Tassie AFL team if they can have the full-time boys in the NAB League lead into maybe VFL, which would look like a good prep to if, you, if and when you have an AFL team. Well, like where this is heading, Haggis, and uh, we'll, we'll get you to stay around. And uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit about what this setup of a, an AFL team or the AFL team that Tasmania has been pushing so hard for. Firstly, off the top, mate, as a proud Tasmanian and, and someone who's been involved in Tasmanian football, how supportive are you of the push for the, the Tasmania to have their own AFL team? Well, I'm actually a Victorian, Jack. Don't forget no, that. No, no, pseudo-Tasmanian. Um, we've, we've claimed you. You've yeah. pro- oh, okay. produced no, enough no, talent. I'm happy, so. to, yep. ha- I'm happy to be called that. Um, Look, I read a bit of the Carter report. I've, I've certainly followed it. Um, you know, I've got a lot of friends in Tassie that I talk to. Um, speaking to you guys along the way, I mean, everyone's very passionate about it. Um, I, I hope it gets up. I hope the public really support it and, and turn up. Um, there's probably been a few times in, in the past the Tasmanian public haven't turned up to some great events in Tassie. I can think of some test matches that perhaps haven't been as well supported. But I go back to the Devil's Days, Jack, and... Um, whether the games were in Launceston or Hobart, when the team was good, um, we got pretty good support mm. and people turned up. They're very passionate about their their own uh, Tassie team. So, look, I, I think you probably have to think about who are the important people in setting it up. And um, you guys will know who's in Tassie better than I will. But um, probably the people who are tasked with appointing the right people are going to be the most important people. I would imagine, Haggis, after you've been in the industry for such a long time and we've seen the... Uh, other signs from Gold Coast GWS come in recent years, and certainly the last 10 years or so. Um, in terms of getting a Tassie team up, if you're setting up, how would it look? What would your first few phone calls be to the right people? What What's the starting point to start a new club from scratch? You know, I've often thought about it, Flash. Um, I think if, I don't know, if we spitball a date, 2025, 2026. Let's go, let's go 2026, 2026. Right. 2026, Jack. So if we work back from there, so what are we looking at? Sort of 11, 12, 13-year-olds now might, you know, you might get four or five Tasmanians, hopefully six to ten in 2026. So that maybe the most important person is the person who's training up the 11 and 12-year-olds from now to be ready. I don't know, if you started with maybe 200 kids and you got 10 that were close by 2026, that might nearly be the most important or the first appointment is that academy coach or manager you know, is that a Matty Armstrong or a Zane Littlejohn, someone like that, that that's got great skill at teaching young players and, and um, you know, maybe just get the best 200 athletes and sports kids in Tasmania and work with them for sort of four, five, six years to have some ready because I don't think there's any doubt that you, you're not going to have an AFL team start in Tasmania with 15 Tasmanians in the team. That's just unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So we'll start with then, Jake. We've got a talent uh, pathway coach. I like Zane Littlejohn. I think that's a great call. Someone with yeah, yeah, lock him in. So Do, uh, lock him in. I'll, I suppose like we, we spoke about this a little bit um, off air, Jack, the other night with Haggis. I'm interested in your thoughts. Obviously, we want to get the best possible people. Uh, we want to make it as Tasmanian as we can. But do, does it have to be all Tasmanians involved, or are we going out to headhunt the best possible people to give this the best chance of succeeding? Great question, Tim. Um, I think, you know, it, the team has have to be in it to win premierships. Like, if you're not in it to win flags, you, you don't want the team to be just in it because we've got a Tasmanian team in the AFL now. You're in it to win premierships. I mean, you guys know you're competitive people. 
Um, so I think that's almost the foundation of everything. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, we haven't even had a VFL team in Tassie for a long time. So you, you'll be able to perhaps get some great Tasmanian people back to help or work in the team or appoint the people. But I think with any business or anything you do, it's got to be the, the best person, no matter man, woman, wherever they come from, the best person to do the job as best as possible. So, yeah, whilst you'd like to have the best Tasmanian people, that'd be great. I think great people is more important. I might ask you this one, Flash, actually, because Haggis and I both still have an allegiance to an AFL side. Let's look at GWS and Gold Coast and the way they've set up. They're set up very differently. What's a couple of pros and cons straight off the bat, off off your head, that you think maybe Tasmanians could, the Tasmanian side could jump on and possibly be wary of? Well, from my perspective, I just want to make sure Taron Thomas is captain. Where do, where do I sort that out? That's the first point of call. Of Taron in, free agent in five in 2026. Years. He's agent. going to be 26, 27. I think he's probably going to have a brown low by then. The problem is North Melbourne, I think, are going to be pretty good. Haggis will back that up. They've had a terrific year and unearthed some real talent. Is there a but, worry that he's entrenched too much in North Melbourne then that, he, that we so players like him, that are Tasmanian, we, we can't get back because they're so loyal? I, I think of my own... Well, this career. is where you're important. I need people like you as this veteran state status of all the accolades that you'll be the right man to put your arm around the Tarrant Thomas of the world, Jack, and set the precedent. But, I, I mean, I think the thing is there too, we've heard with the Neil Balm situation, you know, going, gee, we thought he was at the Crows, didn't we, for 10 minutes. I wonder if you can comment on that, because I'm not sure what happened. But getting those right people to me always seems like the key, starting the foundations, Haggy, I guess, with the with the leadership right at the top. And, and, you know, we've seen Fagan and Noble have roles like that previously. I mean, how important to you is that in terms of that top of the tree, I guess, status, whether, as you said, a male or female, that can really sort of set the culture from day one? Absolutely, Flash. I think that along with that academy person that we spoke about, perhaps the, the Brian Cook or the Neil Baum or the Scott Clayton or Chris Fagan... Um, if he was finished coaching, that person to actually be directly involved at picking the people, at interviewing, at, at setting it up, at getting the right people in each position, um, asking the questions, they'd have the contacts. That'd be, that'd almost be the most important person, I'd think. And and I, I think about Jack's situation, Taron Thomas, say Chase Jones. Hopefully, he's 26, 27, and we're you know in the Premiership window and we're winning flags. I, I, I wouldn't think Chase Jones is leaving Adelaide after sort of six, eight years of work. So that's not going to be as easy. People, Tasmanians aren't just going to come home because um, they're a free agent and now Tassie's in the AFL. That, that's going to be difficult. Recruitment and retention would be, would be massively important. So yep. and uh, that person that's going to appoint um, the people is, is super important. And that's the sort of person, the quality I reckon you'd be talking about, a Brendan Gale or a Neil Baum or a Brian Cook or someone like that as a consultant to help set it up. Maybe that's... Nick Rewalt, who knows? Just about to say that, Haggis. It's a role that I think would really be suited to him. He's business savvy and might be a little bit older than the tooth there. I can boot him out of Fox Sports and take his role yep. there. So get him down to the Apple Island. Now he loves going down to Orford. But um, certainly there's there's plenty of options that are Tasmanian. I think that's the other thing as well. You, st- you still need to have some sort of Tasmanian involvement to, of course you do. to, to make it that heartland. And we've spoken at length on, on certain, numerous people here about how important the the soul of Tasmanian football will be when, when we do get this team. Yeah, well, I think that's, uh, you, that's just where you've got to get... You've got to, sorry, Tim. You know, you no, go. you go, you go. I think that's why you've got to try and get the, you know, the best 200 kids 
in the right age group started soon. Um, yep. Get them playing and getting coached well, and so so that you you know you can get your six Tasmanians every year because you'd think I don't know how the rules are. You guys will probably talk about that in another show. Would you want a moratorium on Tasmanian kids for ten years? I think you'd you'd probably have to have something like ten years of of uh, complete access to your own state, whether that's in like the Cat B rules that we have now or academy rules for the northern states, you'd think you'd need access to the four or five really good Tasmanian kids every year to help build the team. There'll be, there'll be guys that will want to come on. I think that, you know, if, if uh, someone who loved golf and fishing, you know, Tasmanian's going to be a good, great spot for people like that with interest. Can have the golf course at, yep. down near the airport. That's going to be a pretty big, big sell, Jack. That's what I was going to ask, Haggis. I was thinking when you're talking about the Gold Coast and you're talking about uh, the Giants, the lifestyle that those kids were brought into. So one half have gone to Western Sydney where it's a bit quieter. You've got the Gold Coast, all the glitz and glamour, and then trying to swing that back to what we're going to have here in in Tasmania. The lifestyle that we we will live down here, um, which which I've found in my cricket's been unbelievable with without the distractions, the ability to come down here, put your head down and, and dedicate yourself to your craft, I think is one of the real benefits of living in Tasmania. Is that, and I know probably in Adelaide, is that something you look at as a recruiter? You're trying to match the kids you're drafting personality to the environment or the city that you're bringing them into? And, and obviously uh, that uh, helps them with the retention long term? Yeah, absolutely, Pony. I mean, there, there are guys that you love as players and you think, she's a good player, I'd love him at our club, but you just know they may not fit. Now, um, you know, sometimes you've, 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 if your environment's great, doesn't matter where a player comes from, you can make it work. But there'll be certain players that are going to be more suited to being recruited by a Tasmania team and then staying. Um, you know, they'll be, they'll be outdoor kids that, that do love golf and fishing and and um, after the glitz and glamour, there'll be other players that you know that kid is just not going to be suited um, to come into Tasmania. It'll be the same with, you know, free agents. Like we, we've, it's, it's, it is different for clubs outside of Melbourne. There's eight clubs in Melbourne, and they all get a crack. You know, um, players. You know, if you look at Tom Lynch, that's Jack's teammate now. Like he was probably always going to come back from Gold Coast to a Melbourne club. He wasn't really ever going to go to Adelaide, but. Who knows? We never thought Bud would probably go to the Swans and, that, and that's worked out really well. So you never say never, but I think you, you need to have a framework and a strategy and a, and a process about trying to pick the right people to fit because it'll be a way off. You're, gonna, you're not going to have 15 Tasmanians in the team for a fair while. I guess, Party, we look at the structures and let's go back to the Gold Coast time. They've got Carmichael Hunt, Nathan Boak came in as well. Harbrow came across from the dogs, didn't they? They were three. The, Nathan, Nathan the Bock, core Harbrow was young enough then, wasn't he? Nathan Bock. Bocky. Yep. He was obviously towards the end of his career. It was a big deal, though, from memory, wasn't it? Obviously, Ablett, of course, being the centrepiece. And then GWS went the way of Israel. Um, Chad Gorns was involved in those Dean, early Dean teams, Brogan, of course. Dean Brogan, James McDonald. Dean they, Brogan. Were, they probably went a little bit older in terms of... Culture-wise? So maybe the Giants sort of... They actually picked targets of guys that we know they're not going to be in a premiership, but Brogan, by all reports, was a terrific in for them early on in terms of setting that profile. So I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do, Haggis? I'm going to start here with Alistair Clarkson and Brendan Bolton in a tag team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Clarkson one day would have an interest with his close mate. Um, there is a lot of options when you talk about senior senior figures in the AFL, isn't there, to actually, you know, we talk about the difficulties with that stretch of water, etc. but 
in terms of that experience, business mindset, coaching, um, the club environment, we actually there is a, a deluge almost of Tasmanians still involved in the game today, which which potentially I guess gives plenty of options in a few years' time. Firstly, to set up the te- I guess the VFL program, um, who coaches that, and then beyond that, setting the scene for you know the, the due date whenever that happens in twenty five or twenty six. You're right, Flash. Of course, both of those both of those expansion teams up north started in the in the NAB League TAC Cup, then into the VFL, then into their AFL programs, and obviously Guy McKenna actually coached all the way through into their AFL berth. Um, and yeah, they were different in the way they were set up, but you do need a little bit of luck. I think back to Alex Keith, who we were able to get back from cricket to the Crows, who's now doing a great job at the Bulldogs. Um, he was in that initial group at the Gold Coast, and, and unfortunately. You know, it's probably luck more than anything. When it's your draft year or your two years to come in, gee, you need a little bit of luck to have a great group of talent in that year. And maybe Gold Coast were a touch unlucky. A couple didn't come. A couple got injured. You know, and Alex Keith never even made it there. So out of the sort of ten or so boys, they were they got in. You know, four or five were, were gone pretty early, and nearly by no fault of Gold Coast, just a bit of bad luck. And Alex stayed at cricket. So you you will need a little bit of luck and. Um, a good talent pool in your first couple of years if you get some concessions, but um, who would know how the concessions would look? It's a bit far away. We probably haven't even thought that far yet. <laughs> You're right, Agus. There's a lot of things to, to certainly think about. How urgent is it now? To You spoke about the, the NAB League that both of the Giants and the Suns went through, even flagging the 12 or 13-year-old program for boys and girls to get involved and get the best talent involved in Tasmanian football so they're right in that window to be drafted in 2026 possible VFL side, under-18 side we've already got. How? What's the urgency level now to actually get the ball rolling, even though we don't have a, we don't have a, a definitive answer yet? Is it, is it, does it need to be done tomorrow that we actually start working on getting this, this whole program together? I think someone there needs to start doing the planning, obviously, but you, you can't probably press go until you know the date that you're coming in because everything works back from there. So you, you would, I would think the steering committee would have some of these questions we've asked today, boys, that they'd have answers to already. I'm sure they've already thought about that. Um, and then they're, hopefully they're ready to press go when the date comes. Yeah, Haggis, just in terms of when, when you do set it up, what, what do you think the mindset's got to be first? Is it we're setting up a club or given now the huge financial commitment from the government, the sponsors, whatever, are we setting up a business? I know they're kind of hand in hand, but... Yeah, well, I mean, clearly AFL footy is a big business and clubs are a big business. You know, turnover in the vicinity of between 40 and $80 million. Um, so clearly that's a business and it's going to be one of the bigger enterprises in Tasmania when it comes in. But I think this once is you Jack get to the Payne, coaching and the, agents, the GM Tasmania's footy real and the people involved... We've still got Flash Lithgow with us and Flash, we had, you uh, had caught the both games. Tonight. We beat Melbourne. Uh, we'll we'll both we had a parents and family function on and Utah Stadium through the binoculars, mate, due to the fact that Payne and I got you a gig. Commentating, mate. Well done. Uh, Thanks very much, Tom. Not the mob my last 10 years of calling sports. Didn't get me anywhere by the sound of it, but... Look, it happened very quickly as well, which was the beauty of it. But it was great to get the first broadcast up for his in Tasmania and two big finals. And what a game it was on Saturday. Just before we do get into this, we discussed earlier in the intro, we want to know, have you saved Craig's number in your phone as Craig Hutchinson or Hutchie? I actually think it's under Craig Hutchinson. No, I think it's under Craig Hutchinson. 
What a game! Appreciate you calling, boss or Hutchie or Hutch. Football. We've got three kids in the draft this year. Unlike you two, my ego is very well intact. So I'm very happy to play a role. It was terrific. Brett Gaper was involved as well. Wasn't he very good? The former Tassie captain, Tassie coach. He had drafted or kids in his talks about the game. Fantastic. How far back we go? Give me, give me. Hey, I've got two very big doggies and stuff. Just, just monitor what you say. Very top five, it was great. Top five. It's just I'll, great to I'll get the games off. It uh, wasn't, wasn't Saturday sensational. What a game um, it was, Jack. I know you're well, involved. Jack, you'd be the best golfer Fox I've, footy. I've played with. Thoroughly um, enjoyed that contest. So, um, well, Flash, I did actually. You, Jack, I'm sorry, you um, were very but, polished look, on, uh, yeah, on the first game I watched. I was actually very impressed. I was sitting back on the couch. Saw you on. Big shoes to fill. Your cousin, Nick, he's been lauded for his work. But to me, as a footy viewer, it seemed absolutely seamless. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Well, we are. Push for time here, so we'll, I want to get a bit of a preview for this week's finals. Uh, Flash, you saw him last week, uh, Friday night at Optus Stadium, uh, Geelong via the Giants. Obviously, the Cats losing and having the double chance. We've got Radigal in, Holmes in, Tui in, out Dalhouse, Higgins, which is interesting, O'Connor injured, and Simpson as well. What's your thoughts on this one, Flash? You saw, uh, sorry, I'll give you GWS as well. GWS in Hill and Stone, out Reed, David Green was suspended, Tom Green injured. You saw GWS first-hand last week flash do you think they've got the uh have they got oh, i suppose four or five have they got it to beat geelong that's obviously a big and then there's other guys that have played over 40 years and victoria are still in tassie but have been successful and they've ended up great coaches and great people two things that come to mind last night when the teams came along the way they're very good hats but we really do appreciate tom of course with the arm and tony football you've had a massive talk about reads out there as well but geelong have had so many changes and i didn't see that coming in terms of that three four guys out I think the Cats are, are pretty good things this week. They have bounced back. History says they'll win. Uh, but what we do know with the Giants up, is they have uh, that talent the in the midfield team, still, don't they? The mature guys that can really get on top. And I think that was a factor so against the Swans. We, really we know they did have Mills and Kennedy. So you look at the teams and they just batted a bit deeper than the Swans the other day. Can they back up again? Every time they've written off this year, they've found a way. So I'm not prepared to do it, but Cats are mine reasonably comfortably by that three or four goals. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with Nick sorry, Haynes. Obviously, exactly struggled last Haynes, week, and a lot yes, was made of a Lear Lear's game in the season that he's had. That interceptor, the taller type interceptor. It'll be interesting to see what Chris Scott and his coaching panel come up with. I am going to tip the Cats in this one as well. I think they bounce back. They've had poor games in the in the start of their uh, final. Sorry in the last five years, so I think they might bounce back again. What about you, Payne? Who are you going for in this game? Yeah, same, mate. I had a horrible tipping week last week, but I'm going the Cats this week. I just think their experienced players will stand up Friday night lights. And the second semi-final, the Dogs uh, are playing the Lions up at the Gabba on Saturday night in Robinson and Payne. Out prior and McStay. McStay, of course, knocked out early in that game. And Matheson, who's always been that sort of sub that they've gone to, is obviously named as an out as well. The Dogs go in unchanged. Uh, you saw the, the the Dogs were impressive last week in the wet. You both saw them live. Uh, Flash, what are your thoughts? I The Dogs, to me, found something. What we've forgotten with that lot is Trelaw missed eight or ten weeks. Dunkley missed so much time, 12 weeks with his shoulder. Key depth, all-Australian quality type mids that back into that rotation, which bats so deep. I feel like they got back to where they want. The Brisbane, a little bit disappointing. Played some reasonable footy through the middle, second and third quarter, yep. didn't they? But Demons, way too strong. Um, I've got a feeling the Dogs 
might be hard to beat here this week. You know what I loved on the weekend? A couple of things that really stood out to me in terms of a, a dog's perspective is what about Shaki's game, for example? And, and they found a little couple of things that we weren't sure where they were going to get their goals from. Bruce is a huge out. We know that. You can't rely solely on Norton, who was terrific, by the way, on the weekend. But Shaki's little involvement was something I didn't see coming. And what a change from Beveridge to make that call, to drop the, the Norm Smith medalist from 2016, bring Shaki in much maligned, played a significant role. Yet same with me, dogs by that three or four goal margin, I think even up at the Gabba. Josh Shackey, of course, started his career at the Brisbane Lions. Um, he did. And That's I, the intrigue there. I think, uh, well, this, this this sort of was a battle for fourth and fifth. Um, and, of course, the dogs lost the last three in the home and away season to lose that final spot and the double chance to the Lions. Uh, the Gabba screams the Lions for me, but mm. I'm going to go. I, I think the dogs actually can make a run at it. I reckon they're in a pretty good spot. I was a bit worried with Luke Beveridge and, his, and Marcus Bondapelli. They sort of came across a bit cold on Fox during the week, but they played really well on the weekend, especially when the rain came down as well. So yep. I'm going to go the dogs in a very, very close one, Paney. I'm going to go with the Lions again um, at home, the Gabba. Uh, I do agree. I thought the dogs were, were bloody impressive last week to watch, but there was a hell of a lot of rain. Um, different style of footy, wasn't it? They, they certainly outclassed um, Essendon. Uh, Brisbane, as we said, I thought at times looked really good against Melbourne. I think Melbourne are the best team in the competition at the moment. Uh, and at times, I thought Brisbane were going with them um, quite nicely. So I think Brisbane, if it rains again, though, the dogs play superbly in the wet. Well, there you go. There are our tips for the semi-finals this week coming up. TSL finals, Flash, what have you got in the TSL land for us? Well, I, an incredible weekend. I couldn't watch the games on the feed, what have you, with the footy in Launceston, of course, but what a massive upset. North Launceston have done it again. Um, eight grand finals in a row, Tim, which is an extraordinary performance. They won five flags, of course. Launceston got over them last year, and there's that one that in the wet they lost to Galorki. Other than that, they've been absolutely dominant. I did not see that coming. They've had so many debutantes this year, 19 all up. Uh, Launceston at home. Um, the form from Launceston, a little bit shaky, Jack, wasn't it? Because that Clarence loss a couple of weeks ago, we didn't see that coming either. Um, so that sets up beautifully for this weekend. Clarence too strong for Kingborough. Uh, Launceston, Clarence, I... I sure as hell didn't see that as the preliminary final, Tim. No, that suddenly is a game of real interest. Launceston, you don't like to go out in straight sets in any footy. What do you make of being played at Windsor Park? It's obviously not as great a standard as Utah Stadium. Is that a bit of a slap in the face for, for Tasmanian footballers at the highest league that you can play down there? And flash a hell of a lot of rain forecast for this mm, week. For tomorrow, that's going yeah. to be the, the test. Look, Windsor Park's not the Windsor Park it was in 2003. What was that? It, what was it then? It wasn't much chop. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it used to be a little bit smelly, <laughs> actually. Played my twos footy there for Scott Styles. I did on a few occasions. It had a little bit of a, a little bit of a tang to it, actually. But it's a very good facility now. Look, they were clearly on top of the ladder. I don't have such a problem with it, but York Park's available. Um, yeah, it, look. Yeah, fine for me. Well done to them. They get to play at home. And so they should. Clarence will be very hard to beat. I can't wait for that game. Of course, we're going to be broadcasting on SEN. Uh, I won't be able to get there personally myself, but we'll have a good call of that, and that's very exciting. Yeah, yeah you're, 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 working, flash. you're going to get your work experience kid along Flash to call the game because you only call AFL finals. Is that right? 
No, again, um, unavailable. Please don't yourself. drag your egotistical <laughs> selves to my level because I'm very much more mild mannered than you two clowns. Can we? Can I just say though, on that scheduling, surely common sense prevails and it just gets moved to the best venue that it possibly can. Maybe we have to get our man Damien Gill on the phone again. Yes, yes, Look, yes. yeah, I, I don't have a real problem with it. When where's you know, it's a, it's a it's a quality ground now. It's not what it was once upon a time. I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay, I think I figured out the Lorna Jane situation. Have the tights as long as you can so that you can't get the sticky mud on you in the inside uh, cricket <laughs> wicket there. Flash, the other thing that dropped during the week was the TSL Team of the Year. Uh, any any glaring uh, ins or outs that you thought may have been in? Big. Well, Richie Roberts from North Hobart wasn't Ooh, happy. A, he was scathing with a couple of, couple of omissions there. North Launceston with seven. Um, people in the team, Launceston again, again with North Lonnie. 19 debutants this year, they've got stacked in the TSL team of the, team of the year. Um, how they've been able to regenerate the last few years is amazing. They always lose six or seven senior players yep. and they come around the next year and they're competitive again. They've had yep. their struggles this year. They get it done. Can, I, te- can I tell you why I think that is? Yeah, well, of course, because you're a Clarence person. We touched on it with Haggis. No, seriously, they get good people involved. Yes, they do. And they're a great organisation. I'm glad they've you're been, saying something nice about they've it. They've been like That's it for a very, very long time. They they've just handed on the bat to the they next. Do. They keep developing their players great from the program. Yeah, they've got great players, great coaches. Absolutely. Their administrations run well. They're a very, very good footy club. That's yep. why. Let's talk about the Tassie cricket coaching job. Ryan Campbell's name's been thrown up there. Payne, you got one on this or yep. are you flashy here? Yeah, anything? I've got the inside running on that one, Jack. That yep. is... Incorrect. Incorrect. Whack. No, it's not a whack. It's no, that's all whack. Incorrect. I know that. It's the wrong mail. I I read that myself today and um and spoke to Simon Inslee, a high performance um manager, and he wasn't in the final, however many it is that they will be interviewing. Rightio, this is the one story that's well very close to my heart. I actually threw shot put against Todd Hodgetts uh, as a junior. Uh, yes. He just beat me. I think it was my arch rival actually um, at St. Leonard's and uh, up there at the Domain when we got out in the ring and threw the shot put around. This I want to play this interview to you guys because it was unbelievable. And, of course, to, uh, Toddy is, uh, is one of our favourite Tasmanian Paralympians. I'm going to keep going. I die for this. I'll put my body on the line. It's not over. What does shot put mean to you, Todd? Everything. It saved my life. And all them knockers out there kept on knocking me. I came back and represent my country. I'm going to go into Brisbane and I'll be 44 years of age. And I'll, you know, I'm going to die for this country like our Anzacs did. Not just Australia, Tasmania. Tasmania, yeah. Big shout out to Gutwin. He's awesome. He's, he's um, not feeling that well. But, um... I've got to surprise you when I get back. There's no impossible, nothing's impossible in this world. You've got to look to the future, everyone. Look to the future, not our past. We have a great past. Look in the good of the past. And I could shout out for Scott Morrison. We love you, Tony Hodgins. Yep. This is what it's all about! This is what it's all about! Yeah! Very good. Uh, that's, yes. that's a mic drop. He, the, Sensational. The, Toddy the oh, Hulk Hodges. Uh, he is an amazing person and just so passionate, Flash. Energy 
and loved every bit of it, probably apart from the Scott Morrison bit at the end. That's yeah, I've gone off Scamo personally. I'm sure he's <laughs> Mate, listening this to is this. Political show, it is not this is political. I'll tell you the one thing absolutely I did love. Sensational. I absolutely yeah. love that he skipped Paris, he skipped LA, yeah, he yeah. went straight from Brisbane at 44 straight years in. of age. But uh, no, oh, yeah, he covered him. He came back, he did a backtrack and said, Oh, no, don't worry, I'm going to Paris and LA as well. <laughs> did he after it? Then we'll, then we'll get we'll get to Brisbane. Sensational. Loved it. It's buzzing at the moment, Tasmania sport and flash we really do appreciate you coming on board and getting a bit more air time today uh thanks for joining us probably a reason for that um a little <laughs> bit of normality and sensible conversation yeah. in between you two very good, good. to you boys very thanks, good mate. and if you want to catch launceston versus clarence uh we don't know where it's being played it's being played at windsor park at the moment but we're pushing to get it to utah stadium uh Come in on, the preliminary Gilly. final this week it's live on SEN hobart this sunday well, Paney, that's another show, mate. Uh, good, because he's explosive show today. Oh, James Faulkner, that was sensational. O- open and honest, we don't get it too often, so that was very refreshing. And, of course, a clearer pathway into what Tasmanian football will look like and what hurdles there are to jump when hopefully we do get that side announced in the coming months. Kane Corns is up next to take your calls Oof. on... 1300 736 736 on the captain's run. This has been Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart.